0: Hi, this is Suzanne from Sex Advice for Seniors, and this week we are missing the lovely Peter because he's having some Wi-Fi issues since he returned from Spain and is now back in Oxford, but that's okay because we've got with us the wonderful Elizabeth Dell. I'm so looking forward to this conversation, which is incredibly timely because Elizabeth has developed an app called Amorous, which is, amongst other things, trying to improve the way we sext, sext, and the way we communicate via, via our phones, I guess. And also just improve our communication and intimacy using phones and other digital devices, just more in general. And it was funny, it was funny because this week, in fact, in fact, it was yesterday, that Peter did a TikTok video talking about the fact that women fantasize, but men rehearse.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: So oh. welcome. Elena. Thank you. Thought, That's so interesting. That <laughs> is right? so
1: interesting. That's a framing I haven't really heard before. So first, I'll have to go look at the TikTok. But I want to think, I have to think really hard about that now. That's Awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. So tell me about this app. I understand that you developed it relatively recently in lockdown. Is that true? And how does it that work? is
1: absolutely true. So yeah, so I developed Amorous basically out of need. You know, uh, I am that entrepreneur that had a desperate desire for a thing and went looking and was. Totally shocked when it wasn't there and then made the uh, made the leap that maybe other people wanted it to and I should go build a thing that would make it easier for me to be sexy with my partner or my partners on my phone. And The basic story of what happened is when the lockdown started, I was sharing an apartment with my sister. I had a couple of other reasons why my containment circle was pretty tight. I was single and so had a few partners that I was flirting with were fun people, but none of them were None of them were inside my lockdown, inside my quarantine. And so I was doing intimacy and pleasure and all that good stuff with my phone. I'm definitely someone for whom sexuality is a coping mechanism. So I was doing a lot of it, especially in those early days of our, our shared apocalypse. And I it was exhausting. It was exhausting to be the creator of all of it. I was like, I really, really want the outcome. I want the pleasure and the flirting and the spark and the fun, but figuring out what to say and how to say it and how to introduce the conversation. And, and, and it's, it's a lot. It's difficult. And, um, and I remember just thinking, oh, I can't do a hot tub at a cabin in a woods one damn more time. <laughs> And, and so I went looking for help. And I when this happened, I assumed this was a very straightforward thing. I was going to go ask the internet. And the internet was going to give me lots and lots of options. And the internet said no. Yeah. And I sat there kind of flat footed for a little while being, you know, m- maybe you didn't understand the question internet, I was asking you for sex right? Like, this is why we built you. The answer can't be no. That's not how this works. But what I sort of stumbled my way into was the fact that almost all sexuality and intimacy and pleasure on the internet is built for a solo journey. It's built for one person. And I understand that. And I think that a lot of the time that's appropriate, but I was looking for a two-player game. I yeah. was looking for how do I make this better with the person that I want to engage with. I have yeah. the partner on the other side of the phone, and I think it's way more exciting in this context to talk to this real live human who I have had sex with, I hope to future have sex with. Like That is much more real. That is much more honest. That's much more authentic. That's much more delicious. I just, I just can't do all the lift, please. Um, But (laughs) what I
0: think about as women as well, part of going back to Peter's fantasies, Mm. women fantasize is we do have these scenarios. I mean, I've got Mm. I've got so many funny stories, but but one of which was that years ago I was friends with a woman and we were just talking about what we think about when we have solo sex. Mm. And she went, Oh my God. She's like, I've got a whole movie that plays out in my head. There's an army and they're coming and they're on horseback and there's a person and he's riding through the countryside and then he's doing this. And she's like, By the time he arrives, I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> she's like, I'm exhausted by my own fantasy. It's become so complex. And on the flip side, I've, um, I've met mainly in BDSM relationships, one in particular that I can think about where the entire thing was just mainly driven through fantasy. And then when we eventually met, it was like, you know, everything went off because by that point I was so excited, but in most of the kind of what I would say more vanilla relationships that I've been in. I found it quite predictable what people talk to me about. I'm like, oh yeah, you want to see a picture, and you want to, you want me to tell you mm. if I've got any clothes on. Oh god, no, I, you know, I not you know, you're sitting yeah. there in your pajamas, going, I have no clothes on. <laughs>
1: and I think, and I think it's all like, it's also caught up in the fact that we. One of the things that I find is the great dichotomies of our world is that we have so we are so restrictive in our thinking about what is allowed and what is safe. And yet at the same time, we want this thing so much that I like to joke, sexting is the only word we have for topical conversation, right? There is no singular word for conversations about sports. We don't have a word for that. We don't have a word for talking about your family or talking about your taxes or talking about your money. Like none of them get their own word that's special. But talking about sex on your phone somehow qualified for the term sexting. We And that is and I think that. So what I guess part of what I'm saying is that I think that there is an imagination aspect, but there's also you're combating a fear aspect. Like asking someone, "Well, are you wearing any clothes? Are you taking your clothes off?" feels safe, shall I say, yeah. in air quotes, right? That's a thing that's unexpected sexting conversation and yeah. as such probably less likely to get you sanctioned by your partner and when this is such shaky ground especially the first or second pass of some this kind of a conversation yeah. people are going to want to be as middle of the road as possible they're, or they're going to end up as porny as possible because yeah. that's the model they have that's the only thing that they have that says this is what it's supposed to look like
0: and that's exactly what Peter said. It was, he said, you know, so much of what he's, when he starts writing out something that he wants to be erotic, ends up just coming out kind of porny because mm. that's the only reference he has is this sort of stuff. And it's really not very good, frankly. <laughs> and and so we don't have any, although we all want to communicate better with our partner about what it is that we enjoy, I suppose the thing about it that comes to mind is that there's a lot of fear, right? Mm -hmm, In that you're going to say something, and I've certainly done this, is said, look, this is what I really like. This is my thing. I'm really like Mm -hmm. this. I need you to understand and to hear that the way that I really enjoy sex is like this. Now, that's taken me 60 years of living on this planet to be able to feel comfortable in saying and not Mm. worrying about whether or not I'm going to get rejected, they're not going to like it or whatever. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, If if it's not for them, then either we're not meant to be together or Mm. we have to find some sort of middle ground, right? But there Mm. were many times in my life where the fear of being open about my desire and my fantasies was so overwhelming that I would get rejected that I didn't, that I just yeah. wouldn't do it, right?
1: And I think our society builds a self-fulfilling, like our societies. you know, most of the global culture builds self-fulfilling prophecies in this way, right? We teach our children incredibly young, like you learn on the playground, even when the adults aren't there, that the safest response you can have to pleasure and sexuality is disgust. That if you are the kid who goes, ew, when someone talks about the playboy that they found under the mattress or the porn that their older brother was watching, then you'll be safe. No one will point at you and say you're weird for the response you just had. And often we ingrain that way before we have any ability to sort of intellectually judge, is discussed the appropriate response? Is it the response I want to be giving? It becomes our sort of instinctual or like trained response. And so then almost all of us have, whether or not we remember that, have an instance where a partner said a thing and we kind of jerked our head back and went, just because that was safety. Something happened that we around sexuality that had never happened before. And our body said, express disgust and then think about it later because that will be safe. But yeah. what, But that's really wounding for a partner. Yeah. And then so all of us also have the experience of being on the other side of sharing something and having someone go, oh. Yeah, yeah. And so then you get really worried about sharing again. And, you know, those those barriers go higher. and It just becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy that, yes, it's not inevitable. You are an example. Like, you can work your way back out of it. But it takes a lot of confidence and will and strength and positive reinforcement from positive partners. Like, there's a lot of things that have to happen to undo that early training.
0: Yeah, completely. So how do you... Via an app, mm. overcome some of those big challenges. I'm curious. Yeah.
1: Well, so we think about these big challenges for kind of communication around in- intimacy in a couple of buckets, right? We think about them as safety. And kind of, and I mean that in a much larger kind of psychological. How do we build a platform? How do we build a space that feels safe, that mm-hmm. where you feel strong, where you feel in control, and so all of those things kind of give you a platform, like build up the floor from which you're willing to be a bit more vulnerable. Yeah. But the really great bit is we play, and we like when we use games. We use a bunch of games that integrate with your conversation with your partner on Amorous to try and navigate around in really fun ways some of these standing barriers and to get to delicious so that you can get that positive reinforcement. You can build that trust. You can build that shared vulnerability. And so practically, what does that mean? Um, Practically, that means we have a game one of our games is called Fantasy Swipe. And every day you go on the game and you get a few different fantasies on cards. And some of them are very mild. Some of them are just, hey, let's go get an ice cream or let's go ride a bike together. Some of them are, could we have sex in a canoe? Some of them are, let's have a threesome. You know, they, they are all across the, the spectrum. But yeah. you look at them you say yes or no, kind of Tinder swipe style, you get to choose. And then you tell the app what you love. Your partner does the same with their tiles every day. The only thing that gets revealed is a mutual match. And so Uh, in this way, think about it as like a sort of almost a secret yes, no, maybe list. Um, In that you... You get the chance to start a conversation about desire from a place of mutual opt-in. And I think people get really scared about the idea that I'm going to tell my partner five things that I want and they're going to reject four of them and it's going to feel really ugly. Well, in this case, you're going to start the conversation with, well, hey, we both think librarian-student would be a kind of sexy role play, so maybe now let's talk about that. But It isn't that you didn't tell me or I didn't tell you, we didn't know. Now we both know, we both want in. And that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. I
0: really like that because it's like you say it takes out the fear factor. It's it's a it, it suggests a possibility doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, if you say you want a threesome that you're going to go out and try and find one because mm-hmm. as we know, for lots of people, they might just during sex Talk about what? Well, oh God! You know, what if somebody else was in the room? What yeah. if I was doing this? And that's oh, sometimes as far as it ever goes. Absolutely. Just the just the role playing that kind of scenario out is enough for people to feel a bit spicy about things, and yeah, to improve to um, deepen their intimacy with their partner, which is important. I really, I really like that.
1: Yeah, and I really think that most of us, most, I mean, I I don't want to overgeneralize, but most of us with most of our partners want the other person to feel good. We want this to be positive. We're just all bringing a lot of baggage and we're all bringing a lot of expectations or fears or anticipation or all of these things. And so if I can use some games to get you to a fun conversation Chances are you're going to have a fun conversation and maybe some really fun sex or some really fun play or some fun flirting. And then you are that much better at the next step and the next step. You know, developing trust, developing vulnerability, developing all of the sexiness that comes from being able to truly share your desires and have them be seen by your partner – that's not a one time thing you know that's not something that you're like i'm going to have one conversation and it's going to be done <laughs> you know that's yeah. a that's walking a road together that's hiking a mountain together and so if i can make sure that the lowlands like the beginning of the hike is especially beautiful and especially wonderful and tempts you all the way in it gets you down that path and then it's you know the next conversation is that much easier and the one after that and the one after that it's that much more fun because you have proof now that well you know once we figured out that whole thing about how we thought it would be really cool to play with an ice cube and then we did play with an ice cube and then that was amazing and like now let's try something else you know now this feels like a safe good thing to do so and yeah. then we yeah,
0: yeah and I, I think, think mm-hmm. also about um, the there is there's so much fear attached not just to I suppose one of the things about sexting just in general is that in a way, it feels kind of safer to to mm-hmm. use texting as a way to deepen your connection with your partner than being in the room with them and having all of that body language and everything. Mm-hmm. But saying to you, Oh, maybe that's not going down so well. So right. so so it feels it feels in a way easier. And I suppose that's why it's grown in popularity is because it feels, especially for a lot of men, Mm. that it's a real sort of easy thing to do to just go, Hey, what, you know, I'm thinking about this. What are you thinking about? You thinking about that too and stuff. So, so I can see that being better at it just makes sense.
1: And I think there's also, you know, having it be asynchronous conversation for both parties. Sometimes it's nice to be able to give it 20 minutes in your brain before you reply. And if you're sitting in a room and you're like, I just need to process that for a while that, um, that's usually not a good sign in a direct conversation with a partner and people don't enjoy being told to go into the kitchen for a while. But if you're, you know, if you're both not in the same place and it's, oh, well, you know, I was pumping the gas and I didn't see my phone for 20 minutes. You you just have an ability to think, to process, to decide, to draft. And a lot of, especially in these early spaces, when you're, when you're worried about a misstep, like being able to think through what is my next response? What do I want it to be? Let me, We like dwell on that for a little bit. And, and I think, yeah, I think there is a safety sometimes of having a little space between you and your partner um, to when you want to share something and, or when you want to try something new and it's kind of, oh, it's just on the phone. You know, it's, you, it's, it it feels like you could walk it back a little bit. Um, And I think that that's also something that's really just important to remember in sexy conversation that walking it back is one of the vital skills. Like Mm. being a partner who can hear and like allow for, this is a trial and error conversation. This is a, we're gonna test stuff. We're gonna figure out what we respond to um, is really important. And so there's a lot of little touches that we built into Amorous to try and facilitate, alleviate stress, sort of make this kind of conversation a little easier. And one example I'd give in the walking back is we have a tap and hold emoji responses. So just like in a chat stream, you can tap and hold a message and sort of pop an emoji on it, but ours are specifically designed for a sexy conversation. And so there's sort of a hell yes, there's a love that there's a question mark. There's also a caution symbol and a stop sign because sometimes when you are experimenting with ideas You might say, oh, that's not a good idea for me. But I don't really want to get into a whole conversation of, is that just not a good idea tonight? Or is that not a good idea ever? Am I being triggered? Is this reminding me of something that I don't want to share with you yet? I just want to tell you, hey, could you go backward three paces, turn slightly to the left, and then start again? Um, And a caution sign does a really good job of that. It's just a little tag that goes like, "Mm, when you offered like, Phara and her slave harem. Maybe it's just should be Cleopatra and her slave massage boy. And then you know, like like maybe like just watch what you're doing there. And so it's it's things like this. I mean, on the flip side, it's also the ability to bookmark a text message because. I know that in some of my favorite conversations with my favorite partners, uh, you get hundreds of messages later and you can't find that thing. But, man, that conversation was really good and you wish you could reread it. And uh, and so we just, you know, you can bookmark an image or a, a text message and then zoop, go right back to it and revisit that conversation really easily. Um, you can also undo a share. And I think that's a really important mm. I think part of the popularity initially of Snapchat was this idea of, Oh my goodness, you have control, but Mm -hmm. the promise of Snapchat's control is the promise is the, is ephemeral ephemerality, right? It is, we promise control by disappearance. Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't actually want the things my partner says to me or shares with me to disappear. I want them. I want to be able to revisit them. I love that. I just Want to be also in control of the things that I have shared and the things that I've sent in the world. And so, Amorous does what we call revocable consent, which basically means everything that you have put into the world, whether that's a game result or a, I mean, like a picture you shared in our jigsaw game or a picture you sent or a text message. If you decide at some future point that you don't want that in the world, that isn't the right thing for you, you just delete it and it deletes on both sides automatically. Because it's yours, and it's yours to revoke.
0: Yeah, very Just like- cool. Yeah. So let's talk about older people, because obviously sexting and all that kind of stuff came along way later in our lives when we were younger. We didn't have the ability to do any of that stuff. And I still have the letters that boyfriends have written me. Ooh, so-
1: <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Sorry yes. about that,
0: guys. But yeah, I'll never, I'll never, in fact, I've got my, my, uh, then-husband, when we were courting, if you like, he mm. used to send me a postcard every week or twice a week, and I've still got the bundle of postcards that he sent me with all the little silly notes and stuff on it, and they were really cute. So, oh,
1: yeah,
0: I got all of that. But but clearly, all of this stuff came along much later for us, and we're just now catching up. Do you think that there's a place for this with people over 60 over 50 over 60 are you finding that there's people that are catching on and and using the app as far as you're aware that are older people because all of this stuff is traditionally associated with younger people but we know that you know older people have phones and they're and they're they're texting and they're whatsapping and they're doing all um. of this kind of thing
1: Oh, so, we definitely yes, we definitely have users across a broad spectrum. We have users up until well, I think uh my understanding is our users up until about 75 is where we have users and so it's it's amazing. I love that. And I I think I would say that there are sort of technological skills that are yeah. new, but I actually think that older generation has much better Communication skills in it some does. ways, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to sexting. Honestly, I don't think they. they it's framed this way, but sexting is flirting. It's seduction. It is, if you're gonna be good at it, it is not sending someone an unsolicited dick pic, right? That is not good sexting. Um it is in fact everything that's not in the porn, right? I I I always caution people that the thing about porn, I mean, and I I used to be a film producer, that's what I did before I decided to become a tech entrepreneur. And, you know, in the film business, you and in the entertainment business. You always cut deep into the scene, right? You want to grab people's interest and you want to keep them. So you want to cut way in, none of the early stuff, like throw them into the middle of the fight and go from there because that will capture the viewer's interest. The thing that, and we do this in porn, the thing is that we miss all the build. All the build is missing in porn. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they put it in in this very sort of, Shortened way to kind of do d- put a marker in that yes there was seduction we promise but what happens is is nobody sees it the, and mm-hmm. and the beauty of sexting or like the the power of it is all in that seduction it's all yeah, in yeah. that slow burn in that slow build in that innuendo or the tease yeah. and I think that um, I think that younger people are way worse at that honestly they're. The idea of delayed gratification, the idea of delaying gratification for your gratification yeah. <laughs> is yeah. just something that has to be learned, I think. And um, and so I think if you're coming to sexting as someone, someone from an older generation, I would be very confident in your like you know how to seduce, you know how to flirt. Like those are things you are much more skilled at. The question is just how do you take that and apply it onto a phone? How do you put that in a message, put that in an image rather than um on a letter, but the but the the skill, the underlying skill set in human interaction, I think is already stronger.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think just generally older people are more used to writing. Like Full sentences and not, and and have uh, you know they've they've grown out with a with a strong sense of language because again we didn't have all that abbreviated way of speaking to each other like no. we do nowadays. I I you know I I work in an area with older people where I find that the assumption that they're technically illiterate or not so smart with tech and stuff is really not, has no founding in reality there's mm-hmm. people my father is 86 and he's incredibly techie mm-hmm. and then you have 25 year olds who can't use anything so I think it's I think it's nonsense yeah of course there is an uh, always an element of fear around all of this using new technology but it's just I find it that as long as the thing's been designed well, then they can use it, right? If mm-hmm. it's been badly designed, then nobody can use it. And that applies to every yeah. age group. So so my next question is, I had an app once many years ago and it was in the app store. And I know that it's really difficult to get to get the news out about mm-hmm. about apps and get people to download them. Yeah. And I wonder how how you've gone about marketing because marketing anything around sex is bloody difficult. There's so many restrictions on social media. I mean, obviously that's part of what we're here to do is to help people like yourself spread yeah. the word because we know it's really difficult to get to get people to find out about the things like this that I think are just such a good idea. It sounds so fun. Why wouldn't you want to use it? Yeah. It just sounds it just sounds, you know, like you said, you did de- you developed it because you were like, why doesn't this exist already? And mm-hmm. clearly now it does. But how, yeah. how have you gone about telling people about it?
1: So it's um it is an absolute process. I mean, it is an education, learning how to tell someone about an app and how to drive people and um and, and all of the intricacies of that and it's also you know being a very early app that's not funded in the way that some of the large tech companies are yeah. um, it's It's always an irony when you go on the app store and you find your competitors advertising against your own app's name. Um, <laughs>
0: And I, no, I you know, know, look, I've been there, you know, um, like I am so with you. I know what it's like,
1: but it is, but it is a process. And, you know, honestly, it's things like this that I'm finding where I'm finding are really powerful messaging is that yeah. I think sexuality is something I mean, you you have to worry, and you have to you have to think about restrictions in sort of public spaces, and kind of and I, and by public spaces, I also mean digital spaces where people are comfortable talking about sexuality, where they want conversations about intimacy. Yeah, and that I think is where we also shine is in the mm. spaces when people want to be thinking about this. That's a great place for Amorous to be, and so we've had a lot of success, honestly, especially in the last you know the last few months with being on podcasts with right. podcasts being a place where people are interested in i mean i think the interest in sexuality and intimacy and relationships doesn't go away that there is a deep and abiding interest in that from a lot of different communities and a lot of different individuals and a lot of different identities yeah and on something like a podcast whoever is listening has already made all the arrangements to ensure that they're in a place where they are interested in this conversation, right? If this is not an appropriate time to be talking about sex, they are not listening to your podcast. When they are listening to your podcast, they've, they know what they're listening to. And they've said, okay, this is a time when that's a really fun thing to have in my ears. And so that for us has been really a powerful way to connect with potential Mm -hmm. users is being where they're already having conversations about sexuality, about intimacy, about pleasure. Um, We are not yet on TikTok, but we are getting on the exploring that and like working to to, to find some creators who want to work with us on that. And I think, again, it's, you know, being in the channels or being with the people who are having those conversations already has been a real that, that's that been really the thing that we've noticed is that it's you know in the same way that you know we all are sexuality has a lot of baggage to it and so you want to be able to deliver the message when someone wants to hear it like there's no point in advertising our app in a grocery store checkout line that's not when someone's looking for the kind of thing that we're doing
0: Although I was thinking as you were going on, you know, I was like, well, what about it feels really comfortable to have this integrated in some of the more hookup type apps, you know, where people do have more sexual conversations from the get go where they're looking for more of a, of a hookup rather yeah. than maybe a relationship. And often the struggle that they have is that they come up with these very predictable opening lines, right? I mean, right. just they're always the same. And they're always, yeah. you know, either are a dick pic or take your clothes off or can I see your breasts or some bullshit like that. And yeah. I just think, oh, wouldn't it benefit so many of these dating sites to have your integration of Amorous with their dating app? Because it feels mm. like a really great fit to provide people with opening conversations that they can use to get the party started right. in a way that's different from the way that they, and sometimes, because I'm a tech person, I always think you have to go where the people are, right? You have to you have to yeah. go to the Tinders of this world and go, hey, Tinder, why isn't it Tinder um, with amorous? You know, yeah and just buy me for a few million and you can have all my all my juiciness
1: perhaps i mean there's uh there's an interesting idea there i think i think i don't know if we're big enough quite yet but um but but yes i think that there is definitely um a connection there i think you know that is certainly one of the things that today amorous doesn't do which is matchmaking right we yeah. um I like to talk about when I sort of talk about the big vision of Amorous, you know, we have many, many billion dollar business in romance for strangers already. Like that's a very, I don't know if there are always new dating apps. So maybe it's saturated. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's some new tool. But there is a huge market for finding a stranger, for introducing a new person. What there isn't is tech for maintaining relationships, right? Yeah,
0: and that's, yeah, I think one, for me though, it kind of goes hand in hand in that when, if I'm, if I find, if I meet somebody and I have a really great sexual connection, mm. even if I'm meeting them on a hookup, in yeah. a hookup situation, and the date goes really well we have a really good time we have a lot of fun we have a sexual connection it all goes well the chances are that there's a bunch of other stuff that might go well as well but if mm-hmm. i don't have a good sexual connection with that person and um, i've invested all this hope in meeting somebody and then mm-hmm. you know we discover we've got all sorts of mutual interests it's all brilliant you know you're like oh my god he seems so lovely and then you meet and you're like no chemistry nothing going on totally unimaginative really quite predictable very uninspiring sex then all of that stuff's just gone wasted so for me it kind of goes hand in hand i want to i want to have i want to have those interesting conversations as early as i possibly can to see mm. if there's something there if there's something to work with you know yeah. So as well as I think it deepens existing relationships. And I think that deepening conversations around sex, fantasies, you know, all of that can create, can deepen your intimacy. I also think starting relationships from a point where you're open and honest and clear with each other can only be a good thing.
1: Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm all for starting conversations there. I think, I think it's just a question of where, you know, finding people where they are. And one of the things that I've been really excited about around amorous is that there's a whole lot of people that are already in something. And so where they are is that they're in something that they're trying to improve. They're in something where they're trying to, and not just improve the other person, improve themselves, but figure out how to get into a newer paradigm. And and I think that that is, that may be very long-term relationships, that may be short-term relationships, that may be exploration of brand new partners. The beauty of Amorous is that all of that can fall into, like our games can help you explore from any of those starting points. Mm-hmm. But I think what I hear from a lot of our users is that we have a lot of users who are in relatively more stable relationships or sort of like more st- stable's the wrong word established yeah, right you know sure. they, they they for better or for worse whatever that relationship is internally it has been ex- in existence for a while yeah. and th- there's a phenomenon that sort of a lot of these introductories these conversations about sex they're to put it in air quotes okay at the very Mm -hmm. beginning of a relationship and then a window somehow closes there. There's Mm -hmm. sort of an expiration date on a lot of this conversation without a real concerted intentional effort from both parties that Mm -hmm. after a bit of a while, you kind of get into the, this is the habit of how we have sex and this is the habit of our conversations. And it's, you know, our discovery period has waned. And so there's no more discovery to be had or at this point, discovery is a bad thing because now discovery is a thing you didn't tell me when you were supposed to tell me kind of, you know, and how do you break that? How do you, how do you break out of that habit? How do you start a new conversation? How do you enable discovery again? Amorous is a, like for the people that I've spoken to, Amorous is a really great tool for that because nobody has a habit on this app. Right. They're coming to it from the fir- for the first. And you. Another one of our games is called Chat Sparks, and it is uh, hundreds of fun conversation starters. You hit the spark button and it asks a question of both of you. You can answer it. You can discuss it or you can ask another, you know, hit the button again. But the random aspect of it means, again, I don't have an ulterior motive. You don't have an ulterior motive. We're not asking the question. The app asks the question here's a way to kind of get us into a new headspace to, well, now let's just answer it. Now let's just, here it is a little easier to do. Um, And so I think, I think it comes at all places, but I think that there's, um, there's a world of people in relationship who feel even less able to access that sort of discovery and that, 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 that engagement and that new, that novelty with the partner that they have. Um, and even just, you know, I didn't think about anticipation that much when I built Amorous. I was thinking about like the games. I was thinking about the practical, like I want to be better. Like I want sexing to be easier and the games are going to get me there. Yeah. Once it was out in the world and I started talking to people using it. One of the things that was really funny was anticipation was one of the huge pleasures of the app and yeah. what I mean by that is when you're dating when you're on when you have dating apps and you get an, an alert you get a ping on your phone from tinder you look down and you know you get that fun little secret smile on your face like you get a little spine shiver you're like oh somebody likes me I, I'm a sexy beast yeah. and you get that when you're single. Even if the person, even if the Tinder connection turns out to be a total dad, you still get that jolt of serotonin and of adrenaline. And you don't get that from your partner when they send you a text message, usually, because you look at a message from your partner and you say, oh, did I forget to move the laundry? Like, do I have to pick up a chicken? Like, what are we having for dinner tonight? There's a huge amount of logistics. Like, it's not the same. And having it housed in a separate space meant you get a ping on amorous and... That's not about a rotisserie chicken, like that. That's about sexy beast time, and so you get this wonderful little spine shiver, and you have the ability to say, "Oh well, I'm in the grocery store. Not gonna look at it right now, but I'm gonna feel really good for the next forty minutes until I go sit in my car, and then I will look at whatever that sexy thing is you sent
0: me." Yeah, that's a great. That's a really great story. I love that, and a really great place to end as well. Thank you so much. I've, I, it. It's, it's just sounds great and That's actually I'm gonna download it. Thank you. I wanna um, improve I wanna improve my sexy chat. So um for all you folks listening, it's called Amorous. It's on the App Store for iPhone and Android. Unfortunately,
1: we're only iPhone at the moment where we are looking to do Android this year. So it's coming. But we right now we are on iOS. Uh, We are free. Uh, You can just A-M-O-R-U-S. It's like a slightly different tech spelling. Uh, But yes, you can just find us in the app store.
0: Brilliant. And I'm going to download it right now because I have an old
1: crappy iPhone. Yay. Amazing. I love it. We work on all the iPhones.
0: Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's been so lovely to chat with you. And it's a pleasure. Yes.
1: Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.